Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. No, oh, he what the hell? No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Yo, what's up, Aaron? Mark, how you feeling? Hey, I'm feeling good, man. How about you? Didn't get the pre-show nap in today. I was laying down. I was trying to get 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 it in because you know you gotta. Got to charge up, get ready for coast to coast, and uh, it just never came. So, so here we are. It's my flu game. Oh man! <laughs> well, if that—that's the case, that means you're about to go off. So you're good. <laughs> about to have one of your best performances I of see, all time. You know, it's all—it's always a good performance when when I'm on the mic, sir. You know, I'm bringing 110 percent every time. <laughs> how, how, how you been? How, how's the family? What's it like over there? On, on, well, you on know, we—we've had a. We've been having a, a a heat wave lately, man. Uh, a whole heat that. advisor. It's like hundred to be exact. One hundred and ten degrees out there, Jesus. Yeah, man, it's been it's been crazy. Like the whole summer has been fine until literally the last week or so. But this weekend is supposed to finally cool back down to normal. So, yeah, man, uh, just trying to stay in the AC, stay cool, bro. It is kind of crazy that like summer's already over. Like I feel like. We were charging up for summer 23. Everybody's back outside, concerts back, no masks, whatever, less restrictions. And here we are. Labor Day is already gone. It's the Wednesday after. Week one is right around the corner. And like the whole summer, it, it, it slips through your hands. Yeah, it did go by quick. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, but I'm actually looking forward to it because, you know, out here, we don't really get our winter, but it still is cool enough to where you still got to wear a hoodie. So I, I'm cool with that. Like it's. It's cool, but it's not like cold like in Kansas City. So I, I can live with that. You not blue collar anymore. You you gave up your blue collar ways. Traded in all your car heart. Traded in all your your Timberlands. Now you just now you in the sand twenty four seven. What are, what are Timberlands? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right now. I'm giving I'm giving some folks some time to come in this room. It's a nice little crowd in here already, but. Giving them a little bit more time. We we're getting closer, man. Week one, and I I see you tweeting up a storm already. Bobby Stroop has something something for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess um, I'm not sure what he was implying there. I guess he was saying I, I should have put more on the numbers. It wasn't good enough. I, part of me wishes that you had put running stats as well, because I mean Mahomes is not a runner. I, I wouldn't classify him as like a, a running quarterback, but he does. He is a threat to take off, especially scramble-wise. I'm going to throw this tweet up on the Jumbotron for some people who may not know what we're talking about. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Actually, I did. I thought about that after I sent the tweet out, but I was like, yeah, sorry, too late. I got I got too much interaction now, so I'm just leave it up. 
But um, yeah, his rushing numbers, I think the most he's had this season is what I'm looking up right now. Actually, it was last year. He had 381 yards on the ground last year on 66 attempts. What went into your prediction here? Uh, and, and I'm going to be honest, as somebody who pods with you once a week, knows your your behavior on, on, on the Twitter streets, I know you like to be hot take guy. I know you Mark Bayless and all that stuff. I would have expected a little bit higher numbers. I'm proud of you for, you know, at least staying reasonable. This was When I saw this tweet, I said, look, Mark is finally being reasonable. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, well, so if you look at his traje- trajectory throughout his career, you know, he's been hovering around that 4,800, obviously at the 5,000-yard season. But in that year, obviously the Chiefs were in a lot of shootouts because their defense was really bad. So I envision this to be potentially the best defense that he's ever had in his career, uh, potential-wise. So that means, you know, less having to score 30 to 40 points every single game. And I do believe now without Tyreek Hill, they will lean into the run a little bit more than years past. Like, yeah, they'll still be past happy first because that's injury's DNA. But I do think in comparison, they will they will run the ball a little bit more this year, which will, in in effect, uh, you know, hurt Mahomes yards just a little bit. Yeah, I, I got no I got no issues with the, with this. Uh, and, and we talked about the offense being more balanced and. A lot of different options there. I kind of like this prediction, so I kind of wanted to open up with that. I know Bobby probably didn't like it. It was probably a little modest for his taking, but I'm proud of you, Mark. It's growth, man. It's growth from from Neil Armstrong. He's finally he's finally winding it back. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it, I guess. <laughs> Let's get into it, man. She's coast to coast. This is episode 23. Went back in the crates, asked Serta. I said, how many episodes we got on tape? This is 23. This is the Jordan episode. LeBron. Three. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> it's the LeBron episode. It's the Jordan episode. Chiefs Coast to Coast previewing week one. We got football here. We went through the regular season, went through all of the offseason. And another part I was going to say, I know you're going to get a laugh out of this before we get into it. One, one more joke. One more joke. You know, we finally get action. Our, the, our first podcast ever, you know, was right before the AFC title game. And then, and then there was no action. It was quiet. It was, it was nothing. Finally. Finally, finally, we get action, and we're previewing a game that means something, Mark. Yeah, man. Can you believe we're actually here? Like, it, it kind of feels surreal. To me, I don't know about you, this felt like the longest offseason ever. I don't know what it was about this. It just felt really, really long. Did you feel that? Uh, well, you know, some of us who have our boots on the ground and are there the whole way and are at training camp and, you know, really doing the nitty-gritty. You know, it's felt like football season for the past month, it feels like, honestly. Let's be real with you. <laughs> I, I forgot using the field. My bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you open the luxury box. It, it's, it's finally starting to feel like football, <laughs> football season. Yeah, I'm, I, I just been, I've been having my toes in the sand on the beach out here in Venice. I'm sorry. I'm sick of you, man. The, the players talk today, Wednesday. We heard from Andy <laughs> Reid, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Jones, and Patrick Mahomes. I had their week one matchup out in the desert. It's Chiefs. And Cardinals in the afternoon slate on Sunday. A couple quotes that stood out to me, and I'll start with this one from Juju. I'm paraphrasing all these. If you want to go back and listen to all the quotes from today's podium and all the podium availabilities, those are available on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcast. But Juju said, and this is paraphrasing, but something to the extent of this year is all about proving that I still have it. We know he came back here 
where he came back to Kansas City on this one-year deal, and Andy Reid and him had, had kind of been talking back and forth, uh, you know, pictures of the Lombardi Trophy, the whole nine. Uh, so with Juju here in a one-year deal and before week one, that quote comes out to me, and, I, and I'll toss it to you in a second, but to me, it, it, it shows that he's heard the chatter a little bit. This is a guy that's missed a lot of time due to injury. Uh, he actually played his last game in Pittsburgh in Arrowhead Stadium after missing an extended amount of time with injuries. And that has kind of been a part of the story when we talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. What would he be without the injuries? Now he comes over to Kansas City, has an opportunity to play a big role in this offense. And uh, I've said multiple times on this platform, I expect him to be the guy pass-catching-wise behind Travis Kelsey. He comes out and says it's a prove-it year for me. And that's what you want to hear if you're a Chiefs fan, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the national narrative around Juju has been unfair. People always talk about his TikTok stuff. And, you know, they talk about how he had his great season, but it was opposite of Antonio Brown. But it's still not easy to have 1,400 yards in the season. I mean, he had a, over 100 catches that year, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. The year after that, he battled some injuries. The year after that, he gets 97 catches for 800 yards, which was a lot of short dink and dunk stuff because Big Ben couldn't throw the ball past 15 yards. And obviously, last year, he only played five games. And people forget, he's only 25 years old. It feels like he's been around for so long. I know he mentioned that, how, you know, being a stuff like that. And they're like, wow, you've been in the league six years. Like, you're old. And he's only 25. So, I mean, <laughs> there's still room to grow for this guy. He's on a one-year deal, so obviously a prove-it deal. And we know the Chiefs have been after him for the past couple of years in free agency, right? They tried to get him last year, but I think he wanted to go back and play one last year with Big Ben. Unfortunately, he only played five games due to that injury. But he did come back in the playoff game, which ironically was in Arrowhead. <laughs> game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Now he's on the other side, as he mentioned, during his pressers. So, yeah, man, I think uh, the national media is really, really sleeping on what he's going to do in this offense. And I know we're going to get to Mahomes' comments earlier, but we know the ball's going to be spread around. But like you said, I do think he's going to be the, the primary guy from the receiver position as far as we look at the end of the season and we look at everybody's stats. I think it's fun when these guys tell us, you know, they give us a little peek behind the curtain, especially in Kansas City. A lot of the media is tough to get guys to say stuff you said before. And we say this all the time. We'll hear about Andy Reid not really saying much. Patrick Mahomes being a company man and, and being very careful with what he says things. But for Juju to come out before week one and say, you know, I really want to use this year as an opportunity to show I still have it. Uh, and you alluded to that 1,400, uh, 1400 receiving yards here. That was 2018. I'm looking at the stats now. 166 targets, 111 catches, uh, 1,426 receiving yards and, and seven touchdowns. You know, if, if he were to even get close to 1,000 yards, I consider that a successful year in, in KC, especially considering how balanced we expect him to be. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to see him in this offense, especially since we didn't see him all preseason, man. I, and I tweeted that before. It, it, it irked me to not see him in the offense, even though they were successful and even though they had the touchdown drives, yada, yada. I wanted to see nine in there because he showed flashes up in St. Joe. Yeah, well, he did play in that Bears game, but he didn't get any targets in that game. And then obviously, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, but obviously he didn't play in the next two games after that. So, yeah, it does feel like kind of like we're just waiting to see the movie, Like right? Like we see the preview and the practice, we see the clips of him and Mahomes having this connection in the end zone and 
jump ball passes and things like that, but we have we haven't actually seen it in a real game yet. So it's gonna be really exciting to see on Sunday, especially he, he was talking about how you know everybody's gonna be lined up everywhere. It's not gonna be just one guy on the outside the whole game or one guy in the slot. They're gonna be mixing and matching every everybody, man, which I think is gonna be really hard for opposing defenses to defend, especially early in the season because you have no film to go off of. Because going off of last year's film for the Chiefs really does you no justice because every kill, there's three new receivers. I think it's going to be a whole new philosophy. So I, I do think early in the season, I know a lot of people may say they may start off slow, but I don't see how that's going to happen because, you know, defense has to react to the offense, right? The offense always has the advantage. So, and the fact that you don't really have film to go based off of, you don't know what they're going to do. I think they're going to hit the ground running offensively. Hey, well, you talked about it, so let's just get right into it. It's Mahomes apologizing to fantasy football owners in advance of the season. I think we touched on this last pod, given our little fantasy preview as it relates to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mahomes comes out and says, hey, it's going to be uh, a, a little bit different. It's not going to be just Tyreek and Travis. It's going to come from everywhere. You're going to have to choose the right guy every week. And that gives the Chiefs, in my opinion, uh, a unique advantage. It's, harder, it's going to be harder to game plan, to your point. Uh, it, it's going to be a different look every week. And, and it's specifically muddy, I guess. It, not only the running back room with who might be the running back one, and even Andy Reid coming out earlier this week and saying, hey, it's only going to be three running backs per week. And uh, I think maybe that's my hesitation with is saying they're going to hit the ground running. I'll go yellow light lad here. Hashtag yellow light lad. Uh, a lot of new faces, uh, a, a balanced attack, a little different, a different look. Uh, I do expect them to be the same old Chiefs offensively, but, you know, I'll hit the yellow light on that. Uh, here you go, yellow light, man. <laughs> I can't stand you, man, with this yellow light, bruh. Speed through yellow light, lad. Have some courage. Have some conviction. But, um, yeah, man, um, like I was saying, I just truly think there's something to having a guy like a Tyreek on your team, which is a gift and a curse. Because you feel like you have to give him a certain amount of targets per game. Like, I have to fit it. I have to throw it to him. I have to force it there. Now there's no pressure there, you know, because him and Kelsey have a great relationship. I don't think Kelsey is going to be, you know, really too concerned about care, uh, targets, which he's going to get them anyway, obviously. But now you could just spread the wealth. Uh, you have, in my mind, four to five guys that you can rely on instead of two or three from previous years. And let's not forget, man, the main thing here is the offensive line. You have a top five offensive line, bare minimum. So Mahomes is going to have a lot of time in the pocket. It's their second year together. I mean, imagine how good, see how good they were last year in year one. So now you got second year continuity there. They should only get better. And then if we're assuming they're going to run the ball a little bit more, it's going to open up even more things in the passing game. So I, I think they're going to be just fine starting week one. I expect a really big performance. I'm, I'm going to go off script for a little bit. I, I, I was out in Westport, no, to no surprise there. You can already guess where I was. Yeah, I'm uh, not going to say it all out. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there. And our Arrowhead Pride's Pete Sweeney was there. And we were talking about last week's episode. This was actually right after the pod, I think. Hold on, hold on. Was, this a, was this a scheduled meetup or it was just random? It was random. I was actually just chilling. Westport Wednesdays is kind of a thing, so all the bars will have specials or whatever. So we're out there just chilling on the patio, and I see Pete walk by. I'm like, Pete, come over to the table. Come over. Come chill. You know, come break bread, whatever. 
And he's like, yo, you know, I, I, I like how, you know, there's a yin and yang here. You call me yellow light lad. We can get the jokes off. I'm sure there's going to be a Photoshop coming one day of yellow light lad. And he says, you know, I, th- I appreciate you being able to reel Mark in a little bit sometimes. Sometimes Mark gets a little carried away. You know, he he has his 15 underwear on and his, his 87 pajamas that he sleeps in every night. And it's a good yin and yang. So I I, I just wanted to share that share that anecdote to know that, hey, you know, it's a, it's a balance. Life is a balance, Mark. <laughs> I love these stories when you and Pete have these side conversations about Mark is just a little wild, isn't he? <laughs> I remember you told me about when you had a training camp. <laughs> hey, man, we're just waiting for you to pull up. That's 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 the truth of the matter. We're, we're that's waiting what for it you is. You guys up, just missed me. You guys missed me. You guys want me to come back to KC. That's what it is. Y'all want me I to think, pull up. I get it. I get it. I think we found what it is there. Having some fun here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Week one, man, it's finally here. One more quick quote from uh, Wednesday, and this is a fun one, man. George Karloff is still trying to figure out the sack celebration, and apparently he's using TikTok as a way to find the celebration, the proper one, how to hone it. I thought the second celebration against uh, Carson Wentz and the Commanders was a lot better than the one that we saw at Soldier Field, but uh, maybe you can give him some pointers, Mark. I know you're Mr. TikTok. <laughs> Uh, I think Juju has them on that. Um, you know, I saw his presser. They were talking about it. And, yeah, the second one was a lot better. It looked a lot more, um, you know, like I've been here before type of celebration. You know, it was very cool and collective. Had the arms up, getting the crowd involved. I thought that was really smooth. And, you know, it was a safe one to go to. But I want him to get a little bit more wild the next time. You know, maybe do a uh, – maybe hit the gritty. How about – how would you like George Karloff just hitting the gritty? Wouldn't that go viral? I would love to see that. Can you can you gritty? Is that is that what's missing from your from your Instagram reels and TikToks? Is the Mark going because I saw you and Jackson Mahomes TikTok in a way. Don't let me bring that one back up. <laughs> I, I, let, let me find that. Let me find that. And hey man, chill, bro. Right chill, no. bro. <laughs> chill, bro. I can gritty though. Gritty's not hard. It's not hard to do. I can honestly. Gritty. Honestly, I grittied on air at, at 41 once. I'm sure that that could be found somewhere, too. Um, so it, there, there's some bad dance moves on, on Cheese Coast to Coast. Hey, so what I, about the uh, the AB dance? The uh, put that thing on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad at AB right now because Juju did it at practice, right? And then I posted the video. And then AB just ripped my video and posted it on his TikTok with no credit. No post, no nothing. I'm like, bro, come on. Oh, wow. I'm mad at AB, dog. If wow, I see you really it, found it that fast? Bro, I hate you, dude. <laughs> if I see AB, I'm snuffing him out for stealing my video. I'm talking about you putting this on a jumbo tribe, bro. Yeah, I hope that gets retweeted quite a bit. You posted it. What am I supposed to wow. do? Wow. posted it. Okay, but it's old news now. Now you're about to have it recycled. Yeah, let's bring it back through. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back through, please. Mark Guttel's busy. <laughs> <laughs> all right pivot man pivot bro pivot, said man. One word. let's get into the week one preview why not and uh let's start with vegas and then we'll get to some other points it's wednesday so i know the injury report is out but obviously that could change ahead of kickoff a couple names on there we'll monitor but let's start with vegas man i know you're mr vegas i know you're a chief betting expert and 
though you did lose a lot of people their homes last time we had a game to predict, I want to I want to toss it to you for some Vegas analysis if you could. Yeah, so the, let's start with the spread of this game, which is it's moved so much since the opening line. I, last time I checked, was at minus six. Now it, it actually opened up at minus three a couple weeks ago, and it went to minus six yesterday. Which tells me, if you look at the injury report, the Cardinals have a lot of guys that may not play this week, and a lot of guys that didn't even practice today. That are you know, like I think J.J. Watt didn't practice. Uh, Marcus Golden didn't practice. Rodney Hudson, I believe, didn't practice. They had a couple guys that were limited that did practice, uh, like Zach Ertz. So I mean, they're pretty banged up, and the Chiefs have no injury concern. I mean, out of I mean, outside of you know Blake Bell, but we knew that we knew about that before, so that's not really a shocker. But I mean, yeah, um, six is a lot of points. I loved it when it was at three and four. I still think the Chiefs would will cover the minus six. But, uh, you know, a little more hesitation, obviously. But I do think they win this game by a couple touchdowns. I think it's one of those games where they start off really hot. I can see the Cardinals kind of making a late push. But in the fourth, the Chiefs just put, put them away with a dagger drive at the end. And I think they score over 30 points in this game. So if you can find the team total points, I'm not sure what that is right now. But I'm sure it's not over 30. <laughs> so uh, if you could find the Chiefs team total points, I would definitely hammer the over on that. And let's look at some player props as well, which I'm really, really intrigued by. That's kind of my thing, to be honest with you. And right now, based on what I'm looking at, I see for Patrick Mahomes, they have his yards at, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. They got Patrick Mahomes' total yards at 300. I like that a lot. No, 321, I'm sorry. The passing yards is 299.5, but total, obviously, including this rushing, is 321.5. I like the over on the passing yards at 299.5. I think he will hit over 300 yards in this game. I think it's one of those prove-it games, you know, even though he shouldn't have anything to prove at this point, but obviously people are saying, no Tyreek Hill, what's going to happen? I think he's going to really have fun inside the Dome. So no weather conditions to, con- to to concern you in this game. And for Juju, they got his receiving yards only at 47 and a half. I think he crushes that receiving yards wise. I see him in the 60 to 70 yard range in receiving yards. So those are two numbers I really, really like. The over on Mahomes passing yards at 299 and a half. And the over on Juju's receiving yards at 47 and a half. Mark Gunnell's live from Vegas, giving you some free money away there. I want to get an official list of those predictions, write them down, and we're going to come back to those every Wednesday and see how you did. We need to have a running tally on how you do, and we'll figure out how to hold that over your head so our audience can get the payoff of Mr. Vegas Expert and the numbers that he's given out. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Some more Chiefs Cardinals numbers that we're looking at, and I, and I wrote this down because, man, it's impressive, and it speaks to just how dominant the Chiefs have been under Andy Reid. It's the Chiefs' in-season openers, and they're 8-1 and one in their last nine, outscoring opponents by an average of 31.7 points per game, and they're 5-0 and oh in away openers. A win Sunday would give the Chiefs their eighth consecutive victory in a season opener it, it you can't take that for granted if you're chiefs kingdom i know i know sometimes when you hear all these numbers it can get a little uh you can get a little numb to it sometimes i guess if you will but um this year especially with kansas city starting off with as tough a schedule as they are first eight games against teams who had winning records last year winning this first one uh in dominant fashion or or even as you predicted with a with a put away drive in the fourth would not only extend this this week one season opening streak that they have, but would also set them up on the right the right foot for twenty twenty two. Yeah, I think this is a great week one opponent too. When you look at the early season schedule, I mean, there's no quote unquote easy games in the NFL. But if you had to look at their first seven games, this is probably the one where you're most confident in. They come away with the win. You know, like I said before, the Cardinals are really banged up. I mean, obviously, in addition to all those names I mentioned earlier, we obviously know there's no D Hop as well in this game. So I think this is a, a perfect uh, game to get their feet wet, heading into that quick turnaround game, home opener uh, against the Chargers on Thursday night. So I think this is a great opportunity for them to build some chemistry, uh, get some momentum head going, heading forward to the gauntlet uh, was going to come up next against uh, the Chargers Colts. And then you got the Bucks the next three weeks. Uh, we're talking Chiefs under Andy Reid and their week one numbers. A few more numbers I threw up here on, on Jumbotron from Mackenzie Nelson at 41. Does a lot of great stuff for us there. She says in four week one starts, Patrick Mahomes is undefeated 4-0 with 13 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. Man, this makes me think about last year's week one matchup uh, against the Browns. That was last year, right? I'm not tripping when I say that. Yeah, that was last year. Man, that game was insane. Going back and forth, we thought kind of the same thing coming in the end of this as we do this week. These are two teams that will likely see the playoffs, could maybe see each other again at some point in time down the road. And, and that one lived up to all the hype going back and forth, the Chiefs having to fight back uh, and eventually pulling it off. Uh, it, it's just the anticipation of week one, man. We're finally, we're finally effing here. It feels good. Yeah, man. Um you know, it's kind of ironic how the Chiefs are starting their season inside of State Farm Stadium, which is going to be the home of the Super Bowl. I mean, is that something there? We'll see. <laughs> I think it's funny also, I mean, like the Rams, they, obviously they're opening up at home, but uh, that was their last game as well, playing at, playing at SoFi and, and bringing it down in their own stadium. We'll predict that game a little later in the show. I want to look at the injury report and then a couple more news and notes before we take your audience questions, got a couple people with their hands up. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Good little crowd in here, man, for, for the week one preview. You talked about the Cardinals being banged up, and, and it's absolutely true. J.J. Watt doesn't practice on Wednesday, along with Marcus Golden. 
Trayvon Mullen and Rodney Hudson. They got a couple other people who were limited participants, including tight end Zach Ertz, who's dealing with the calf. J.J. Watt was dealing with that calf as well. Uh, Chiefs get full participation from all their guys they have listed, Trey Smith, Juju, Malik Herring, and Deion Bush. It's Wednesday, man, and I feel bad harping on injuries because obviously things could change. I've heard some coaches say as long as, long as a veteran like J.J. Watt gets a, gets a full practice in before the weekend, we're good to go. Um, do you take anything away from these Wednesday reports and these Wednesday statuses? I do, because I feel like Wednesday is a very important day. It's, like, it's the day when most teams put in their full game plan. Uh, I saw something, I can't remember who tweeted it, so I apologize, but somebody that reports for the Cardinals yesterday was talking about how tomorrow, which is now today, will be a big day to see in terms of who practices and who doesn't. So I, I do take a lot of stock into that, man. Um, and it's week one. It's not like, you know, these guys have been playing games and, you know, really uh, going through the grind of the season. So the fact that guys aren't practicing now before the actual season starts has to be concerning. And a lot of these guys are veterans, obviously, like a J.J. Watt, right? So, you know, if he's not even close to 100%, do you really want to risk him in a week one game when you have a long season ahead of you? So, I, I you know, I, I hate harping on injuries like you said, but I would be shocked if, you know, all these guys end up playing that didn't practice today. I do think you're going to see some a couple of key guys out for the Cardinals on Sunday, which is unfortunate. Yeah, you want to beat the best uh, at their best, and especially with this this stretch coming through, we'll see, and we'll keep a close eye on the on that report as the week gets closer to game day. Talking about injuries, man, we saw a move that the Chiefs made uh, earlier in the week that we knew was coming for a while. It officially comes as Blake Bell heading to injured reserve uh, with that hip flexor injury, the hip flexor surgery, uh, had that injury sustained on the touchdown catch in the in the preseason game against Chicago. Um, any concern about his workload and, and the catches and the reception and that kind of thing left behind? Or is there a guy you, you see that clearly fits that mold that could step up, go right into that, that void left behind by Blake Bell uh, for Kansas City starting Sunday? Yeah, I mean, from a pass catching standpoint, I have no concerns there in that tight end room. Now, the thing that Blake Bell does provide better than probably anybody else in that room is his blocking. I think he's the best uh, blocking tight end on the roster. Uh, but, I mean, when you have a great offensive line like the Chiefs have, you know, you can kind of um, move around that to a certain extent. I think they'll be fine. I mean, Travis Kelsey's not a terrible blocker. Uh, Fortson's not really a sport, forte. I think Noah Gray is actually a very underrated blocker. Uh, he, made, he made some pretty key blocks, especially last year in the playoffs, that freed up freed up some guys. So I think they're fine there. And, you know, like I said, from a pass-catching standpoint, I'm really high on Jody Fortson this year. I think he's a guy that could be a, a fantasy sleeper, especially in the red zone. I wouldn't be shocked if he gets you six to eight touchdowns this year because in the red zone situations, I expect, I expect to see a lot of two tight end sets. And obviously, Travis Kelsey is going to get the most, most of the attention there, which I, I think will free up Fortson a lot because a lot of people aren't really, you know, they're not game-planning against Fortson. They don't really know too much about him yet, I feel like. and he can be that guy that kind of sneaks up on opponents. And he was a former wide receiver. He's a big body frame. We saw in the preseason game against the Commanders, he was covered on both of those touchdowns. Mahomes just trusted him and threw it out there and trust his guy to catch the ball. It's not like he was wide open. So I think that's going to translate into the regular season as well. I threw this number up on the Jumbotron in here. If you're if you're with us in the Twitter spaces, I'll read it out for those listening on audio only. It's from the head honcho himself, Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride. 
all three of Patrick Mahomes' preseason touchdowns went to tight ends. Uh, one to Blake Bell on the on, on the one that got uh, him injured there, or he or he suffered the injury on, I'll say, and then two of them to Jody Fortson. And, and as you mentioned, one of those was just kind of a, a playground, broken play type thing. I think it was Fortson's second touchdown uh, against the Commanders. He's kind of just running around, scrambling, finds him, and he tiptoes the sideline right up against the pylon. Uh, I don't have any doubt that that the tight ends currently sitting on the roster could fill in the void until Blake Bell comes back. If he does come back, yada, yada. Um, I, I think Kansas City's got what they need in-house, and I'll give this. I'll use this as an opportunity to quickly shout out a guy that, that got added to the practice squad. It's Mizzou's own Kendall Blanton. KC's uh, own Kendall Blanton got him a ring with, with the Rams, uh, comes back home to the Chiefs and is on the practice squad right now. But, hey, maybe he gets pulled up. Uh, maybe he plays a, a factor for this team at some point in the road. Had to shout out a Mizzou guy. You know I'm a company man. Are you telling me he's just a kid from Kansas City? I mean, he's more of a kid from Kansas City than you are at this point. Wow. Come on now. He's in, he's in the city. If he wanted Gates, all he got to do is go down the road. You got to get it mailed to you. <laughs> hey, man, you supposed to hook me up, bro. What's your favorite barbecue? You mean like favorite place to eat barbecue at? Yeah, like if, if you had to pick an establishment. If you had to pick one establishment in KC that you could get barbecue from, which one would it be? Oh, man, you put me on the spot, man. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, this one's underrated, man. People don't give it enough credit. You got to go to the hood, though. LC's. Okay, it's solid right by the stadium. Yeah, I'm going to say LC's, man. Gates is right behind it, though. The reason I don't like LCs, and I hope they're not listening right now or want to sponsor us at some point in the future, I, I, I smell like barbecue for the rest of the day, man. I, I I, like you, it's like you smell like the smoker. It smells like I cooked my brisket Yeah, bro, when you, when you drive past it, the smoke, you know, is coming out the top of the roof, man. I mean. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to figure out how to get past that. Or I'll just have an outfit specifically dedicated for LCs and then change whenever I'm headed. See, I thought you were blue collar. Now you're acting all bougie. Like, I smell no. like, bar- like barbecue all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you, you were so blue collar, hard nosed, <laughs> working Midwestern man. You caught me there. You you a funny guy, Bart. <laughs> let, let, let's finish up these quick news and notes and take some audience questions. They've been rocking with us. They waiting there patiently. I appreciate y'all. We talked about Blake Bell being moved to IR, so that opens up a roster spot. We kind of speculated in the past who it may be. Andy Reid kind of keeping his cards close to the vest. Hasn't said anything yet, but I'm thinking maybe they make a move before game day. You have any idea where you're leaning on who could be uh, the 53rd man on the roster? Honestly, is there a scenario you think they just keep it open? Mm. Just keep it open for, you know, to see what kind of happens around the league. And maybe, I mean, knock on wood, an injury happens on the team or just keep it open. I don't see why you just don't keep it open. You, you're, you're thinking they're going to do like the Rams are doing, leave a whole locker open for Odell. You know, they got the nameplate <laughs> on there and everything. They're just waiting for him to come on down to claim his throne in Westport. <laughs> you and this OBJ on Westport thing is funny. Because <laughs> just picturing him on Westport is hilarious to me. <laughs> nah, Westport would be shut down, dog. He would be bro, he was shut down the whole street, bro. <laughs> He'd be so disappointed. Man. Yeah, I can see them <laughs> leaving it open. I, I thought for a while it might be Elijah Lee. Uh, it, it, it just kind of seems like they're they're using it as flexibility, and we know there's going to be some games played with the roster and moving guys around all the time. So 52, if it's 52, it's 52. Ready for these questions? Let's do it, man. 
All right, we got my guy, the man, myth, legend, connecting right now. Got Mamba mentality up here. If you guys have any questions, don't be afraid to request. Oh, this connection is taking forever, Aaron. What's going on here? This is your platform. This is, this is, <laughs> these are your people. Man. Okay, we got a uh, man myth that dropped out. Hey, what's up, Mamba mentality? What you got for us, man? You got to unmute yourself. Uh, there you go. Oh, uh, yeah. I was just wondering, like, running chance. I mean, they do have the roster spot open. Like, and, uh, they're not sure what's going on the right tackle with Orlando Brown. You think they go after uh, uh, Leatherwood that the Raiders just released? Or you think that's just going to be a pass on that? And do you think they do get OBJ later on? Is that why that slot is open? Thanks, man. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie, Aaron. I missed the first half of that, uh, but I heard the OBJ part about the roster spot. Um, here's my thing about OBJ. I've been really consistent about this throughout the process. He's not leaving LA, man. He's playing around. I know he made the tweet yesterday talking about whoever wins this game when the Bills and Rams. But he's been on FaceTime with Cooper Cup. He's been interacting with Matthew Stafford's wife on Instagram in a friendly way, talking about coming back, playing with Matt. He's not going anywhere. He's already had property in L.A. before he even joined the Rams. It fits his brand. He's bigger than football. People outside of football know who Odell Beckham Jr. is. Him in L.A. is a match made in heaven, man. He's not leaving. Yeah, I think his first part was about possibly scooping up Alex Leatherwood. He was cut by the Raiders, and he is a Chicago Bear now. Uh, so I don't think he'll be that 53rd man, but... I, I think Mark and I are in our agreement that that might just be like a flexibility spot for them for right now and, and see where things go. So you're so you're telling me OBJ is not going to be on Westport? Bro, you know that. He's not coming to KC. It's cooked. It's done. Plus, the Chiefs don't have wide receiver room. They just they cut Josh Gordon. Yeah, you're right. I, I just I wanted to, I just wanted to see that so I can see you and him flip flip it up on Instagram, man. That would be really nice to see Aaron Ladd and OBJ on Westport. But anyway, I digress. What's up, man? Myth Legend. I see we got you now. What's up, my guy? Hey, what's up, y'all? My father was in the dead spot in the Matrix, man. How y'all doing? What's I'm good? good. What's good? Who's on Westport? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was my plans right now, but that ain't, that ain't what I got going on. Uh, just a quick question for you guys. So I was looking at the Cardinals' office line just now, and I was deciding of who I think is the weak link of the bunch to attack for the defensive line. Um, I'm thinking maybe Kelvin Bencham since he's a little bit older now and has always been a bigger guy. So I thought I'd ask you guys, who do you think is the weak link of the Cardinals' offensive line? Whoever is lined up in front of Chris Jones. <laughs> I mean, honestly, this offensive line is nothing to write home about. And if you watch the Cardinals play, especially last year, I know they made a couple moves. Uh, Rodney Hudson is obviously questionable as well. But, I mean, if you look at the offensive line of them over the past couple of years, Kyler Murray gets flushed out a lot from the interior, which is kind of a good thing in a way because he's actually better outside the pocket than he is inside the pocket. And a lot of that has to do with his height. He, he can't really see over the middle of the field as much. So he makes plays when he's outside the pocket. He's looking downfield. You know, obviously he can scramble and run and things as well, but he's looking to throw before he can run, kind of similar to Mahomes. Now, obviously he's a lot quicker than Mahomes is, so uh, he uses it a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, I think uh, that interior of the offensive line is definitely a question mark there. I think they're going to have to have a couple guys on Chris Jones, which can open up a lot for guys like Frank Clark and even uh, Dunlap. 
Uh, he actually had a couple of his best games against the Cardinals last year, coming from the NFC, obviously, with him. I'm sorry, can you hear me? I got a phone call. Can you hear me, Aaron? <laughs> bro, does nobody know when you're working? Bro, it's, it, it's, it's crazy It's ridiculous, to me. bro. It's ridiculous. It's crazy but, to me. All your sources yeah. calling you and trying to get I forgot to put my phone on airplane mode. But, yeah, like I was saying, uh, Carlos Dunlap, he had a couple of his biggest games last year against the Cardinals, coming from Seattle. I think he had a game where he had two sacks against them uh, late in the season. So he's very familiar with that Cardinals offensive line. I think it's also going to be a factor. So look out for Dunlap to have an impact as well. Uh, let's get Jody up here, the football queen. Yeah, Aaron, I got to start telling my people, man. Stop calling me while I'm on air, man. This is getting bad. You're so Hollywood, dog. It makes me sick. What's up, Jody? Hi, Mark. Hi, Aaron. How are y'all? Good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. So the NFL just posted a little flyer seven minutes ago. It says, who's your guy? Who will win MVP in 2022? And on this flyer, there is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. Tell me your thoughts. This is a question that is perfect. I mean, you just laid the runway right on out for Mr. Mark Gunnels to come down and Mr. 15 undies to, to lay it down. So I do think it's curious that he wasn't included. I wouldn't take it personally if I was a Chiefs fan, but I know that's not what Mark is going to have to say. Mark, let him have it. More motivation for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Number 15. Just a kid from Texas, man. More motivation. Why do they keep doing this, Aaron? Do they not know any better? Mahomes is about to go scorched earth on the NFL. And you know what's crazy? If it wasn't for Tyreek Hill leaving, I honestly wouldn't have picked him to win MVP this year. I was really, I was ready to give it to Josh Allen. But we know this is a narrative award, and that actually helps Mahomes' narrative now because all you hear is, what is Mahomes going to do without Tyreek Hill? And, oh, is he going to be the same? So now he actually has the narrative. So I think that's going to help. And if he, puts up, if he puts up those numbers that I tweeted earlier, and the Chiefs win 12, 13 games and win the AFC West, which people are saying is the hardest division of all time. So you have the division narrative, the no Tyreek Hill narrative. And if he balls out, how is he not going to win MVP? Uh, I can't believe I agree with you. Uh, I was trying to make it the entire yeah! episode without, without agreeing with Mark once, but. It, it, he's right about this. The the MVP and generally all MVP awards in sports are narrative driven. And I think before Tyreek left or, um, you know, it, it's harder for a guy like Mahomes to win an MVP award because we're numb to his greatness to an extent. He has to almost top not only the field, guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, who were featured on this tweet, but he has to top himself. He has to almost be better than we've seen, which is getting harder and harder for a guy that's been to two Super Bowls and won a Super Bowl MVP. Um, I don't lose any sleep over the fact that he wasn't included in this tweet from 633 on the the night before the season started. But I'm losing sleep, Aaron. I know, I know, I know. When the when the list dropped for for top 100 and he was number eight, you just. Uh, you had the bald fist like Arthur. You just you could you couldn't believe it. But uh, you know, more motivation if you want to add more chips. Uh, Petty Patrick is around, and I'm sure somebody will ask him about it. But 
uh, in general, I think it's harder for Mahomes to win awards like this just because he's he's going up against not only the field, but his his past performances. All right, it's going to take our last question of the day here. What's up, Mr. James? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. How about y'all? Hey, I can't. Yo, yo. Hey, uh, so changing gears a little bit since we got this opener tomorrow night. Let me ask you guys this. Have you ever seen a team who is getting ready to get their ring in their own stadium that are underdogs? Because to me, it seems crazy that people are discounting the Rams and it's like almost unanimous. The Bills are going to win tomorrow night, especially when the Rams did add some like Allen Robinson to their offense. What do you guys think about that? Because I'm honestly leaning towards taking the Rams tomorrow night. Hey, this is actually a great segue because we're supposed to talk about this game, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, start us off. So uh, about the Bills hype and them being favorites and things of that nature, um, it is a little weird, I would say, but I understand. I mean, they really didn't lose anything. And you add Avon Miller, and obviously that game against the Chiefs, they could have very well have won that game. And if they did win that game, I think they probably – win the Super Bowl, man. I think they beat the Bengals and they probably beat the Rams or at least they'll get to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I understand it, but it is a little disrespectful at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you got the Super Bowl champs. Uh, they did lose some starters, not no key guys really, but, you know, you added Allen Robinson, you got a Bobby Wagner on defense, still got that guy named Aaron Donald and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand how Chiefs fans could be a little annoyed about all the Bills hype. I mean, everybody's picking on the win the Super Bowl this year. It's really crazy. I haven't seen anything like it before. It's really wild. But um, in that game in particular, I've been going back and forth in this game, man. It's a tough one to call. I'm actually leaning the Bills, but I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just trying to be objective. From a Chiefs perspective, obviously you want the NFC team to win, so I will be rooting for the Rams. But my mind tells me the Bills win this game because – all offseason, all they've heard is 13 seconds, 13 seconds, 13 seconds. And the Rams won the Super Bowl. I think there is something to that in that first game with the banner drop in. You know, you may be just a little lax, just a little bit. And the Bills, it's a business trip for them. I think they're trying to send a message. So I'm leaning Buffalo, but this game can go either way, man. It's a, it's a toss-up for me. But I got the Bills winning a close one by three of I like it. We'll go. Uh, we'll go opposite sides on this one. I'll take the the reigning world champion Rams, and I do think to Caleb's point that it is a little wild that we haven't included them in a lot of these conversations. I like everybody else is penciled in the Bills because they feel like they've gotten better. You added Von Miller um, to a team that, as you mentioned, and I think I've said on this platform before, probably should have been in the AFC title game. Probably should have been the AFC rep in the Super Bowl. Uh, I remember talking with uh, this is going to seem like a name drop, but I remember talking with Peter King when he was at a training camp earlier this year. And he said, point blank, Buffalo is the best team in the league Uh, from a from a personnel standpoint, from a scheme standpoint. They've gotten the most out of Josh Allen. He has looked like a completely different quarterback these last two years. And there's a reason why he's front and center on that NFL MVP logo that we kind of chatted about in the last segment. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Rams in this one because I think ring night being back uh, in the home stadium, it's kind of hard to let your fans down in that situation. But uh, I, I've got the Bills being a high seed going into the AFC playoffs. Yeah, man. I forgot. I don't know if I told you this before. You know, I can see SoFi from my, my balcony. I'm looking at it right now, actually, as we speak. 
Uh, and, and you're supposed to be a blue collar guy? Are you living in a, <laughs> a high rise apartment in LA? Yeah, I can see the balcony right now, man. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of traffic in this. So I would be tucked in my, my house because um, between, you know, West Coast time, between about three to nine, you won't be able to go anywhere within a mile radius and get there in like 20 minutes or so. So, yeah. Um, it's going to be crazy. I can hear the sights and sounds from the stadium, from my apartment and here in Inglewood, California. So let's go, baby. Football's back. Yes, sir. I'm actually headed up to Manhattan this Saturday. Big game, big game in this region in the college oh, yeah. race. You got you and K-State. Who's going to get stopped? Wow. I think the line is eight and a half, nine and a half. Are you betting your house that uh that Mizzou bet the cover? house on K State to cover the uh, spread? Well, we all know that officially means Mizzou not only will win the game, but he'll win it by a heavy margin. <laughs> Mizzou by double digits. I mean K State. I'm sorry, K State. That's fine. Whichever way you go, just everybody else knows how to uh, how did that impact their spread. <laughs> Can't wait for that. Can't wait for Sunday. Obviously, out in the desert. It's enough talking, man. It's, it's football's here. We'll catch y'all next week on Coast to Coast. Full breakdown of week one. We'll preview week two, the home opener on Thursday night. But until then, football is back here and we're enjoying it, man. We out.